0: love way down yonder where the dolphins play where you dive and splash all day waves roll in and waves roll out see the water squirting out of your spout baby Beluga. it's episode five <laughs> season five of *Ravage love that of course is Raffy, a little little ditty named baby beluga
1: oh wow a banger
0: that's a banger
1: it is it's so good uh love that uh welcome renee <laughs> I was always here, Julie. <laughs> I never left. <laughs> uh, super glad that we are back with another episode, and we are taking to the high seas. Yar. Yar. <laughs> um, do you know any other terrible... What's that terrible dad joke about pirates? Uh, I don't have a dad. Oh, good call. Um, There's yeah. a really... Oh, what's a pirate's favorite letter? What? Arr! No. <laughs> no. You want to sing us out? You want to sing us out? <laughs> <laughs> like click. Um. <laughs> so this week, I was I shocked. I got I got delightfully surprised this week, Renee. Okay. So the book that I read this week. It's actually a book that you sent me in a pile of books. I think you like hit the jackpot at the thrift store. And so you... And Ottawa just wasn't... Just wasn't... The the bounty wasn't good at the thrift stores in Ottawa. So you sent me a box of different books. And this book, I mean, it hits all the markers for a Harlequin romance cliche. We have... Like, an airbrushed painting photo. <laughs> the font is cheese. Like, this looks like if you were to close your eyes and create a caricature of what a romance cover looks like, it's this. And yet, and mm-hmm. yet, I loved it. I loved no. it. I genuinely loved it, Renee. And I am shooketh. This book is from 1988 it was the first like harlequin entering the historical romance sphere and like the cover page has a like announcing like you are about to become part of an exciting new venture from harlequin historical romances (laughs) and like they're announcing it in 1988 and this book was incredible and all i kept thinking like i'm so shocked by it still still and i finished reading it a while ago I just, I honestly keep thinking, like, why is this not a miniseries? Why is this not a show? Like, if Outlander is crushing it, this book could absolutely be doing the same thing. So, I usually start by giving you a bio on the author, but when I read this one, I was like, okay, this bio is from 1988. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> what's this woman up to? So, I read Mistress of the Seas by Ruth Langan. And in 1988, she said that she lived in Michigan with her husband and five children. And I'm like, okay, what are you up to now? Well, she's still writing books. She has over 150 books to her name, 150. She is now a charter member of the Romance Writers of America, Uh, still lives in Michigan with her husband. Um, Her first book was published by Silhouette Books in 81 after an editor just like randomly picked it out of a slush pile. So she just got lucky. Um, And then after that, she had an agent and has since been churning out these books. And a fun little fact about her, which I really, really loved is she says, and this is her own bio, that she began her writing career in secret. It was kind of this like little secret thing that she was doing for herself. And then her family discovered her writings when her children came home early and found her writing and were like, what's this? And she's like, oh, I've been writing my stories. And then her husband, when he found that out, when the kids told them, he bought her an electric typewriter because writers need tools. And I really loved that. Oh, I love, um,
0: I love that.
1: Yeah, when I was writing my book, my partner at the time he bought me a 1963 Underwood typewriter, as like this with the same idea of like, People, you know, people need tools for what they do. My dad bought me a megaphone when I started doing activism because he was like, well, every job needs a tool and this is the tool for your job. And so I just, I love supportive men, period. But I think especially if you're a woman writing romance, I can totally see that there's a lot of eye rolling that you get just in general. And so to have a supportive partner like that, and like her and her husband are still together and they were together in 88 and 81. So like love to see a romance that lasts. So that's my little fun facts about Ruth. Again, this book is from 1980, it was over 300 pages. And so I went into it being like, all right, bitch, buckle up. This is going to take you a long (laughs) time to read because I can read quickly and I can devour a book, but if I don't like it, it is like pulling teeth. So Mm. bless, bless your heart, Ruth. So a lot happens in this book. I'm going to try to parse it down. Um, But I'm going to set the scene for you. So close your eyes, Renee. Picture it. It's 1610 in the Irish Sea. And Captain Thornhill has found and stumbled upon a beautiful, a small, beautiful girl hidden in his boat. And there was a woman who was on the boat who it turns out she was kind of the maiden for this girl. She was like taking care of her, but she had kept her in secret. She was kind of like sneaking her onto this boat. And then they the woman ends up getting killed by one of the men on the boat. And so she suspects that she's about to be found out. So she sticks the girl in the closet, but they find her in the closet. And it turns out that she is the daughter of his enemy. And so he's like, ha ha ha. I am going to raise you as my own because you were young enough. You won't know otherwise. And I am going to make you in my image. And we together are going to fight the enemy, which are the British. So Mm. he tells her that she's a French citizen uh, and that he is a French citizen uh, and that their enemy is the British. So he does, to his credit, she becomes like the person who tells like, can follow the stars to figure out where the boat goes. He sh- teaches her how to fight, how to sword fight, how to hold her own. She is a tough, tough woman, but he also has strict rules that nobody can touch her. And then she ends up having this like little girlhood crush with this guy uh, on the boat named Ian. Um, and they're really, really good friends. And it's like puppy love. Like they don't do anything, whatever. And then at one point they, they, pirates come on the ship and there's this battle and she is almost going to be thrown overboard and ian helps her like he grabs her and helps her and saves her life but the captain is so mad that someone touched his daughter that he literally cuts off his hand in front of her oh my god right so now she everyone gets the message do not touch this woman she's never been touched by a man okay Or an angel. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So now, flash forward. It is 1624. And Rory McLaren is a slave on the ship. So the ship that she is on is called Hawk. And they are pirates. And they have taken Rory hostage. And he is now a slave. He was a Scottish uh clansman who is very powerful and then they go and loot his boat and his land and they take him and they're like you're our slave now so he is a slave on this boat and he is obviously not happy about it um but then one day he gets to so he's like chained to the oars at the bottom of the boat and one day he gets the duty of being up on um the top of the boat this is me and all of my knowledge of boating um (laughs) and he's like who the fuck is this smoke show and he finds this woman who's like climbing the mast of the boat and she's like she's wearing pants and she's like clearly doing all this stuff but she's beautiful and very talented obviously and he realizes oh my god the rumors are true there had been a rumor amongst the pirates that there was this mistress of the sea and people like there's no fucking way there's a beautiful woman who's a pirate and is like respected by like there's no way and then he was like oh my god it's for real for real like she's a real person so then the boat is attacked by pirates and they start you know using flame or whatever the fuck they did back in 1624 and <laughs> the boat catches on fire and the mistress of the sea whose name is Courtney is obviously not dead inside and she's like she already felt uncomfortable with the fact that they had hostages and slaves on the boat. And now she's like, they're going to burn to death in the, bar- the bottom of this boat. She's like, free them. And everyone's like, no, 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 no. Your dad will be so mad. And she's like, I'm telling you to free them. Fucking free these people. So they get freed. And he realizes oh my god this is my opportunity to like not only go to the top of the boat and not burn to death but i could theoretically jump off this boat and like swim to safety we're not that far off the coast of scotland um but he realizes oh my god i i I like this woman and so they steal a kiss and then he helps her he fight off all these pirates and then she turns around and she's just gone and then she can't stop thinking about this man she's like why am i so smitten by this slave but yet like i don't think people should be slaves at all even though again she saved the boat from drowning and like catching up in flames her dad is so mad that she freed the slaves that he whips her in front of everybody and still she's like no regrets then but then he's wounded in this fight. So this is the only discrepancy that didn't make sense to me is I was like, if he was wounded so badly in this fight, that they have to go ashore and he has to go to land, then how was he also able to whip her in front of people? But I mean, I guess even very ill men when they are determined to be violent will be violent. So they realize, okay, the boat's damaged, but not that bad. But our captain is like real bad. So we need to go to shore and let him heal up. Courtney's basically only ever known living on this boat. She's gone to shore. She's like, you know, gone to some versions of school and stuff. And she could pass if she needs to. But she's like, I am at home on the boat. But she has to go to shore. And then all of a sudden, she's like, okay, it's been weeks. We're still here. What the fuck? When are we going back on the boat? What's going on? And then her dad says to her, okay, um, I need you to be the lady in waiting for this french woman who's going to marry the king of england and she's going to marry the king of england as a as an attempt to bring peace between france and in england and she's like okay but you always told me england is our enemy why would you want to bring peace and he was like "Mm, because you're not really going to be the lady waiting for her you're going to be a spy and you're going to spy on the british monarchy and then you're going to report back to me what happens. And she's like, I don't know how to be a lading and waiting. Like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm going to get discovered. And he's like, well, if you don't do this, they're going to kill me. And she's Mm -hmm. like, oh my God. Okay. Well, I don't want you to die. So I'm going to go and do this. So she's never really lived on land, but also, so she's like some real aerial, (laughs) quite literal fish out of water situation. But also, she's also never really been around women. So it's, That part of the book was really interesting about how, like, it's not just that, like, I have my sea legs, but also, like, I am not used to being around women and I don't really know a lot of, like, I've never really had girl talk and, like, shared gossip with women and, like, been that kind of allowed to be, like, a dainty person because I've always been in the company of men. Well, when she gets to England, who the fuck do you think she runs into? Oh, it's Rory McLean. Um, (laughs) The Scottish man! Can't do a Scottish accent. We both know it. (laughs) Um, That motherfucker jumped off the boat, swam to Scotland, and then found out that his brother, who at the time was the head of the clan, had been killed, so now he's the head of his clan... And he's a really good peace broker. He's a really good diplomat. And so the King of England is like, I want you to come and help me to counsel because we're trying to broach peace and I need your diplomatic skills. And he's like, okay, I'll go. But like, I don't really want to stay for long. And then who the fuck does he run into? So now he's like, um, she used to own me.
0: <laughs>
1: <gasps> she was a pirate. How the fuck is she a and waiting? But because he's got a crush on her, He doesn't Mm -hmm. initially snitch, but he's like, uh, bitch, what the fuck are you doing here? (laughs) And so all I pictured was that bit from Hot Wings with Paul Rudd where he's like, look at us. Look at us. Look at us. Look at us. (laughs) Who would have thought we would be here? (laughs) So she's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, this dude's going to blow my cover, tell them I'm a spy and I'm not really who I say I am. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing here? So he doesn't want to be in England and neither does she. And so they kind of sneak away and have these little moments. And this is where the, like, this is where the spice comes for me because I love, give me some deep longing, like, mm, 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 mm. but also some like witty, flirty banter. Like, you know, when those like really good rom-coms or like romances where they're like biting at each other, but it's like, you could tell there's sexual tension attached to it. And you're just like, I just fucking stop fighting and fuck already. You know? That's the energy. So (laughs) he keeps trying to get out of her. What are you really doing there? And she's like, oh, my dad just wanted me to have a normal life for once. And he's like, um, bullshit. And she's like, well, he was injured. And you're like, okay, well, that is true. And like the boat is in need of repair. So you're like, okay, that is kind of... So she's not outright lying to him, but she's obviously omitting a lot of the big shit. Mm -hmm. So other men are hitting on her and he's like real jealous. But like, what is he going to fucking say? Like, oh yeah, I kissed her when... I was a slave on her boat like no um and then there's all of this stuff that I won't get into where like there's other there's this other like sketchy villain who keeps hitting on her and you could tell he's just like a misogynist like machismo dude and she thwarts him and he like takes it real personally because nobody ever rejects him because he's beautiful and he's (laughs) a bachelor you know that fucking guy Mm -hmm. so now he's like "Uh, uh, 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 uh there's something wrong with this woman there's something sus about this woman because she didn't want to fuck me and everybody wants to fuck me. So now he's on the war path to figure out what her secret is.
0: Sounds like a real Gaston. A hundred (laughs)
1: percent. That's just what I was going to say. Picture Gaston just being like, Bill, you can read. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, she finds out that, um, the queen. So this French woman has, also been sent to spy but she like she also was she finds out that like this wasn't a marriage of love and that this woman was just sent there to broach peace but the queen is like yeah I kind of don't care like at first I was real bitter about it but then I met him and he's incredible and the king is actually like the king is deeply in love with her he satisfies her very much so in the bedroom so she's like I'm not fucking spying on anybody I'm not bringing any secrets back like I'm in love with this dude like I'm good over here so she's like okay great cool for you but like I gotta keep reporting back or else they're gonna kill my papa So there's all this scheming and wheeling and dealing and then the sneaky fucker, Gaston, we'll call him Gaston, gets mad that she rejects him and so he starts like stalking her and one night he finds her like in a forest where it's dark at night and he's like, what the fuck? And she was going there to meet a messenger to bring some intel back, but he catches her and so he's like, what are you doing here? And then he goes to rape her, essentially, and then Rory McLaren... and he's like she came here to meet me and he's like oh you're like you're hanging out with you're consorting with these people now and she's like yeah sure if it means you'll leave me the fuck alone um but she's really shaken up by it and i thought this was a really i thought the writer did such a good job with that part because you know i mean we've talked about this like what's that term um not corset ripping what is the bodice ripper right like bodice Bodice ripper Ripper is like literally about rape right and so so many of these books are like i was almost raped and then a hot dude came and saved me what i loved about this book is like yeah that's what happened but they show that she's like legitimately traumatized by it and rory at first is like okay but he didn't actually rape you but then he realizes this woman has never been touched by men so like any oh, touch man. by a man feels incredibly invasive and this guy clearly had awful intentions and so he like is really kind and, and dare i say trauma informed
0: Ooh, <laughs> so, he, like, scars, I tell ya.
1: <laughs> so he takes i just picture ewan mcgregor that's just like where i go in my mind um <laughs> and so he like takes her back to the place and like he's like and he obviously is like very attracted to her and like is like oh i wish but he's like obviously she's in a very bad place right now and so like I shouldn't take advantage of that and I'm like yes 1988 romance like we can do good things so anyways they eventually fuck it's it's quite hot actually i mean again it's harlequin so it's a lot of euphemisms it's not like you know the intense stuff that we're used to reading in contemporary romance but like it's still very spicy very consensual he like goes down on her multiple times because it's her first time and he wants her to be super happy uh then they're like i love you he's like, i love you then she gets busted as a spy oh no and so they set up a trap Where they get her and some of the other people that it turns out are also spies. And they tell her that she's going to get to go on a visit to go and see her dad and to go back on the boat. And she's like, oh, my God, great. Love the idea of going on a visit. Turns out it's a trap where they're going to go and kill her and the other spies on the boat with the help of her papa. Because he's like, well, you've given me all the intel that I need. I don't fucking need you anymore. So I'm going to get rid of you so she gets back piece to the ship shit. right what a piece of shit so she gets back to the ship she's super excited to see there's this guy named Boney, and he's like a, like an 800 year old man on the boat who was like kind of her only friend and it was like kind of like her grandfather figure and she's so excited to see him and he's like uh-uh uh-uh this isn't good and she's like what and he's like you've been trapped and she's like what and then um does he dance out his warning to disco music <laughs> And so he's like, what the fuck? And then she goes to confront her dad to be like, what are you talking about? Like, I was told that I was coming here to visit you. And he was like, "Mm, first of all, I'm not your real dad. She's like, excuse me? And he's like, yeah, I found you in a fucking cupboard. And I realized that you were part of the enemy. And so it's always been my plan all along to use you for revenge. Sorry, not sorry. Right? So she's like, I fucking sacrificed myself thinking I was saving your life. And now you're trying to kill me because you never cared about me in the first place. So there is a bloody battle. And who comes to her rescue but Rory, who finds out that she didn't just ditch him to go and see her family. He finds out that she was a spy. And at first he's mad. But then he realizes, oh, my God, they've set her up into a trap. She's going to get killed. She's the love of my life. So he charters a boat. He goes there. There's this bloody battle. He gets very, very much injured. But who comes and rescues her? Not only Rory. But the one handed bandit named Ian. Remember Ian at the beginning who helped her from falling off the boat? And as a result, he got his hand chopped off. Remember him? Yeah. 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 He fucking comes back. <laughs> that, that to me was the plot twist. The biggest plot <laughs> twist. I'm like, it's fucking Ian. Um, and because he also found out that she had been forced to be a spy and had been trapped. And so he was going to come back there to confront her dad to be like, you cut off my hand for touching your daughter. And it's not even your fucking daughter. And you've kidnapped this person, essentially, like, fuck you, motherfucker. And then he shows up and the whole fucking boat's on fire, like shit's popping off. He shows up, Rory shows up. She's like, oh my God, what is happening? But... Ultimately, she is saved, except they're all like, well, you still have to stand trial for treason. Like, you were a spy. So now she thinks, oh, fuck, I'm screwed. I'm going to go stand trial. And, like, I can't deny it. I absolutely was a spy. I absolutely came here under false pretenses. I'm going to be murdered. And everyone's going to love it because there's so much tension between Ireland from France and England that the community is, like, calling for her head. Because they're like, see, we can't ever broker peace with these people. They're sketchy. Well... Wouldn't you fucking know when she's at trial, it's not looking good because she's like full on confessing essentially. And then all of these pieces start falling together and her lawyer collapses. And you're like, what? And then when he finally regains consciousness, he's like, you're my daughter. <gasps> wow. Oh my God. So yeah. whoa! Turns out his wife had been killed. And he feared that his daughter would be harmed next because of all the war going on between the different countries. So he sent her with her handmaiden on a voyage to France, hoping that she would stay safe. And then once things chilled out, he would go and get her. But then he heard that the, she had been captured by pirates and killed. And so he just spent his whole life grieving this daughter that he was told was, was, told was dead, but in fact was standing right in front of him holy shit holy schnikey! and so you're like this book is great this is lovely but then you're like oh fuck Rory's gotta go back to Scotland cause he's the head of his clan and she's just found her family in England so what the fuck is she gonna do well she's gonna ask her dad for his blessing to go to Scotland to marry Rory so that they can be together and he's like how could I deny you happiness I was in love with your mother and she was taken away from me I would never want to take you away from your love and so she's like, please come and visit. And he's like, Scotland's not far. And then the epilogue is they're married. They're expecting a baby. And her dad is on his way to come Ugh. and greet them. Way better dad than David Suzuki right there. <laughs> I'm telling you. Okay. If y'all haven't seen that clip of David Suzuki being a bad dad. Oof, Renee, that crushed me. hmm I was like, David Suzuki, Canadian icon. You l- seem like such a gentle soul. No. Literally, Canada, the piece of land's dad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And he did his own flesh and blood so dirty, and it broke my heart. It broke my heart. So I feel empowered that in the 1980s, they were writing good dads. Right?
1: Like, this book was so. Like, I think it's like. Yeah, it was so progressive for 19... Like, it's shockingly progressive for 1988. And I don't mean that to to denigrate the 80s. Like, we're from the 80s. Some good shit came out of the 80s. But, like, let's be Speak real. For <laughs> <laughs> but, like, let's be real. Romance mm-hmm. in the 80s, real problematic, which is why it got such a bad rep for being anti-feminist. So, like, this mm-hmm. book not only had, a, like, very strong female heroine, but it wasn't that she had to be manly to be feminist. And it wasn't that she was like, yeah, she was literally saved by these dudes in different parts, but like ultimately she saved herself. And these dudes were like genuinely invested in her as a human being. And it was delightful, Renee. And like, can't you picture this as a show? 100%.
0: Would you say that it was the power of friendship that uh, bound them? Because I I feel like like that's the takeaway here.
1: Yes, it honestly was. Because, like, Ian, like, they were, it was puppy love. Like, they never even held hands or did anything. He just, like, always really loved her and she always really loved him. And then, like, he literally took a hand for her and then, like, came back. And then, like, the, the queen... When she's at trial, the queen could have absolutely thrown her under the bus, but the queen was like, no, she was always really good to me. And like, she, yeah, like she was spying on you because she was trying to save her dad. Like, isn't that beautiful? And like, why are we punishing her for that? Like, she was forced and she was kidnapped. And like, it was just, like, I just was blown away by this, like, and it was just the writing, the pacing of the writing was like super engaging. And, like, right away, I was like, Oh my god, we're on an adventure on a ship! Like, it just felt great. It was so great. It was so great. So, I love it. yeah, so in terms of spice, I'll give it four to five. Um, I can't even assign a spicy food to it because we both know we're talking about French, Scottish, and English in the 1600s, like, they didn't have spices. <laughs> They were eating like <laughs> bland ass fucking potatoes, so I don't know what kind of spicy food I can assign to it, but maybe a turkey. Give them
0: give them a lime so
1: that they don't oh, get scurvy. Okay. Yeah. Four to that five. That's probably real spicy. <laughs> they probably yeah. were like, "Ooh, this is." If you put it in your water, it makes it spicy. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "Ooh, it tingles on my tongue," um, <laughs> and then in terms of accoutrement, I have to go with a waterproof vibe because if you're banging on a ship with you know water sloshing over the sides you can't have something that you know first of all you can't have something that needs to be plugged in or anything like that but you certainly can't have something that will fry in if it gets wet so i'm gonna give it a waterproof vibe and again it speaks to the to the believable sexual tension that they only fucked like really once in this book, but it was still so spicy. Cause you could just feel that they were like thirsty for each other. And every time they would like steal a kiss in the palace, they'd be like fighting. And then he'd be like, Oh, shut up and kiss me already. And then you'd be like, yeah. Nice. Yeah. It made me believe in love again. And it made me feel like strong women can find men who, uh, ad- admire their strength and don't try to steal it from them. So. I love that. Thank you. And honestly, it's not just because my expectations were low, but I still cannot believe that the book I'm holding in my hands with this cheesy ass fucking cover blew my socks off, but it did. I would recommend Mistress of the Seas. I have no idea if this book's even still in print, but if it is, pick it up. <laughs> Outstanding. I love that. Thank you, friend. Thank you. Um, so that was my fairly lengthy review, but hopefully I kept it engaging for you. Um. What about you? What did you read? I am dying to know where <laughs> you took high seas this week.
0: <laughs> so I read two things. Um, read the first one, realized my mistake, and had to read a second book. Um, I'm not going to go into the details of the first one, just the title, okay. which was My Loch Ness Monster Lover, Her Scottish Wetness, which I think was hilarious. <laughs> but, the, but the best thing about it is that the cover is just white. With, like, a very crudely, like, a child's drawing of a girl reaching out to a Nessie with tits. And I'm gonna, I'm just gonna text it to you so you can have a little, a little, little giggle with me because it is hilarious. Like, legit, this is the cover. So I'm texting it over to you right now. Okay. okay. It is sent.
1: Okay. Oh, here we go. Okay.
0: Is it not precious? Tell
1: me right now. That looks, this was made in MS Paint. 100%. With what appears to be Comic Sans font. Yeah. Ooh, that is (laughs) incredible.
0: And you know what? The whole message is there. Like, I get, I have no illusions about this cover. I know exactly what it's about.
1: This is not a buyer, yeah, this is like, this is very, not a bait and switch. Buyer beware, you know what you're getting into.
0: Yeah. But here's the thing, Julie, is that Loch Ness Monster lives in a loch. Oh. Not the ocean. Oh. oh, yeah. It's not an ocean. It's a lake. That is true. So it doesn't count for the oh, high seas.
1: wow. You're, oh my God. Good for you and your commitment.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was like, shit, I got to find, because the, the Loch Ness Monster was eight pages. <laughs> so I banged it out over lunch, over a little chicken wrap. I was like, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, this isn't good enough. So,
1: Oh my God. Just the thought of, like, a little little chicken wrap and a Loch Ness. You know how you do. Oh, yeah. And I was,
0: like, reading parts of it to uh, my boss. And we were just like, oh, boy. And then she runs to her office and gets a Loch Ness toy and brings it out. Because she went to Scotland last year. So, yeah. Amazing. So, she's like, look, I got one. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Um, So, what I read instead uh, was a book called Selkie written by Regina Watts. And I could have sworn I'd read something by Regina Watts before, but I couldn't find it. So I think maybe she's just kind of been on my radar. Okay. Um she writes uh like really scary fucked up books. Okay. And so this was like this was exactly what this is. It is a scary book. Um but it was spicy and it was really good. So a selkie Yeah, tell me. Just say. Yeah. So in, in like, Celtic mythology, a selkie is a mythical being that can shapeshift from being a seal to a human by shedding their skin. And um, it's well known in, like, Scotland and Ireland. So we kind of accidentally both read Scottish legend books, basically. Um, Not sad. Not sad about her yeah, at all. not not sorry. Um, it, you know, it also goes to like um, I don't know, like fucking Iceland. Like they, they've got stories of Selkies everywhere. Um, a very famous one is The Secret of Roanish. I do you ever oh my that. Oh
1: god! Yes, I've yeah. seen that movie. Yeah, I loved and there's that like movie cartoons as a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah, so it's that's what that is. They're like seal people, right? Um my book was called selkie now at no point in the story does do they ever identify it as a selkie they're at some point they're like it's a mermaid but then it's like is it a mermaid is it like so i was not going to read a mermaid one i was not going to do it because if i can't give them like a surfer dude voice i don't want it i don't want to read it um so i was like oh shit is this a mermaid book but it wasn't because it it's very clear it's like it's some kind of mythical being, but the book is called Selkie, so we're going to call it Selkie, so. <laughs> All right. Annette. Oh, <laughs> Annette. I'm already sold. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's great. She's great. Uh, we Big, big love for Annette. So, Annette is at... Um, a hotel with her boyfriend Jacob, who's there for like a conference. And Jacob's just like a big baby man who like is constantly sabotaging her, constantly whining and getting upset. And like if she doesn't fight right, he like makes the fights drag on longer and longer. Like we all know one, okay? We all know a Jacob. Um, mm-hmm. and they're at the ocean and they're in this hotel and he's just complaining. He's like, it's humid, it's yucky, it's this, it's this. And she's like, oh my god. Come it's the ocean. Let's just enjoy the ocean. Um, And he's like, well, I brought you here to, like, have a nice time and you're ruining it. And, and, and like, it's just everything is just, like, her fault. And the thing is, they've been together for four years and their relationship is completely fizzled out. But because of the way that he fights, she's just kind of given up. She's kind of like, oh, whatever. Like, she's just kind of accepted her lot in life with this Jacob guy. She spends more time, like, tiptoeing around him and, like, dealing with his his emotional well-being um than her own dreams and she's a playwright so she you know is is a very creative adventurous person but he's kind of zapped that out of her so one night he's like going he's whining he's whining he's all these things and so she's just like i'm gonna go for a walk so she goes for a walk down on the beach and um she's kind of staring out the water and um she's seen like couples on the beach and they're happy and lovely and she's like oh Look at those happy lovely couples and then in the water she sees like a gray shape and she's like oh i think that's a seal like, oh i think it's a seal but then the seal what well, she thinks is a seal turns into a tit <laughs> um and she's like oh that's really weird and then <laughs> then she <laughs> i'm sorry i didn't let's let's know, I expect that at all <laughs> well she's just kind of like Maybe that's because she's like, oh, maybe it's a dolphin. Maybe it's it's a seal. She's not quite sure. But then she notices it's a boob. And um, she's like, oh, shit, wait. And then she's like, is that a person? And this she sees a body, but it's like gray. And she's like, oh, my God, there's a dead body in the water. She's like, fuck. And there's nobody around. And she was just going to, like, leave it. But then she's like, I can't be that person. I can't. So she deci- she takes off her clothes and she goes into this frigid freezing water to just go help this person. Right. And she's kind of stealing herself because she's like, oh, my God, they could be dead. And I'm about to touch a dead body. Um, So she gets up to this body. And sure enough, it's a dead woman. And she's like, mm. oh, shit. OK. But she's like kind of checking like not not in a sexual way but she's like looking at this person's body she's like wow they're not bloated or like anything they're just gray and so she goes to like grab the floating person and then the eyes look at her and she's like holy shit oh my god and then she's like oh hey sorry you know what you're you're gray and and i thought you were dead i came out here to help you and then the body goes underwater Hmm. and she's like what She's like what just happened and then something grabs her and drags her underwater and she's like oh my god i'm gonna die and she starts like sucking in water and she's like i'm gonna drown here but then under the water what was this body of a woman is actually like this creature and it's got like big long tail and it's super long and big like as a as a a creature and it's got like all this decoration on its on his body and its tail um and it's all like green but it has these beautiful eyes and she's like oh what the fuck and then in her head like i guess telepathically she hears this voice say would you like to live forever and then she just wakes up suddenly on the rocks in the ocean and she's like oh what the fuck and she starts like throwing up water and shit and she's like oh my god what the hell what did i just do what what, what, what did i dream and then the creature's there on the rock and she's like oh hey buddy hey <laughs> like what hey Um, but she's not scared she's like kind of like thinks it's cute and she's like hey hey um and so they're kind of like sitting on the like on the rocks and they're kind of sizing each other up and to her she's like this creature's actually really beautiful and i'm actually kind of like attracted to it but when it you get the sense that like the creature's thinking the same thing of her but the creature's not talking and so the creature starts, like, touching her because she's, like, naked, right? She took all her stuff off to hop in the water. And she's like, oh, that actually feels really nice. Um, but she suspects that, like, it's just exploring her, right? And she's also realizing that, like, it's been a really long time since anything touched her. And that you learn that, like, her boyfriend really is only more concerned with his own pleasure, doesn't really care About her or, like, her needs. And so, like, they have sex, but it's really, like, boring. And he's a boring kisser. And he's just, like, just shitty all around, basically. But this creature is, like, really just, like, free and incredible and, like, beautiful and is touching her. So she goes to, like, kind of touch her back, just like, hey. And the creature shudders. And we learn that the, the creature's whole entire body is a sex organ. So, like, it doesn't have a vagina or a butthole or anything. Its whole body is a sex organ, but it gets really lubed up when it's all horny. And she's just like, I love it. And then the creature is feels good whenever she's touching her. So she's like, Oh well, okay, you're trying to find where my erogenous zones are so she like puts it on her vagina and the creature thinks that's really funny that's like she has one spot that gets wet <laughs> uh, but because the creature's all like fucking lubed up all over she starts like finger banging her and she's like I love, it, I love it um and then so she starts literally like rubbing the creature's entire body like like it's a giant dick and the creature's just like blah, 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 love it right and so um and that's just like super into this and she's like having a great time she's like oh my god i think i actually might come like i don't remember last time that happened or like that anybody took my pleasure seriously um but then she hears a scream and the creature stops and she's like "No, no ignore it it's fine but then she hears annette and it's jacob and he's caught her like naked on the rocks and the creatures run away and so that's like, Oh fuck, because she knows she's never going to hear the end of it. And so Jacob's like, how could you embarrass me like this? Somebody could have seen you, you know, you, you don't love me. You're trying to ruin my life. And she's like, just stop. Like, just please fucking stop. Like, it's fine. I'm not fighting about this. You're right. I was wrong. And then she hears a scream. Um, and so she looks outside and she sees this woman walking down to the water and she's like, I think somebody's in trouble. And he's like, he's like, you don't even care about me. You don't even care about this fight. She's like, no, literally, I heard somebody scream. So she's like, I'm not walking away from this fight, but I'm taking a break because clearly we're not on the same page. So she's like doing all the right fucking things, right? So she runs downstairs trying to like make sure nobody's hurt. And then there's this beautiful woman waiting in the doorway. And it's one of the one of the women that was like with a couple when she was walking down to the beach. And she's like, hey. Is everything okay? And this woman's like, yeah, everything's okay. And she's like, well, did you scream? Like, I heard, I heard somebody scream. And she's like, no, everything's fine. And she's like, okay, well, um, cool. Well, I'm Annette, and she's like, oh, I'm Veronica. And you're like, okay. But then she start Veronica starts to like get really like dizzy, and like is acting like she's drunk. And so Annette's like, are you okay? And she's like, I'm just so hungry. And she's like, okay, well, let's let's like get you to your room and so she has like a little purse with her um and then she finds out where her room is and stuff and then and that's like okay well you know what? i'll take you back to your room and she's like she's like oh what's your name and she's like oh my name's annette she's like i like your name annette like will you stay with me like i i like looking at you you're lovely do you want to kiss me do you want to live with me forever and then Annette's like well clearly this woman is drunk so i'm gonna get her home to her husband and uh that'll be that So, she brings her upstairs and, like, thinks it's really weird because, like, this woman's responding strangely to, like, the elevator and whatever. But she just assumes that she's drunk. So, she goes back. Obviously, you know, Jacob is, like, still being a piece of shit. And they go to bed. The next day, Annette's, like, walking around on the beach, going around near the pool. Um, She goes to, like, have a cup of coffee in a restaurant. And who shows up? Oh, but Veronica. And Veronica's, like... Hey, girl, Um, I think you're really cute and I want to kiss you. And she's like, why would you why would you want to do that? She's like, well, I really like looking at you and I want to kiss you. And do you want to live forever? Do you want to live forever with me? And she's like, wait a minute, Um, something's fucky. And she's like, well, you liked it yesterday. And she's like, you're the creature. and It turns out (laughs) that our creature steals people's skin. Ooh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so she stole Veronica's skin so that she could come up on land to be with Annette um and Annette's like this isn't okay this is wrong like you know one you can't steal people's skin that's like not cool and then she's like what about your husband and she's like there's no husband don't worry about it and she's like okay well I have a boyfriend and um I love my boyfriend and I can't I can't be with you. And she's like, well, if he's your friend, wouldn't he want you to be happy? And she's like, uh, well, that's not really how it works. And she's like, well, my friends want me to be happy. And so it's like it starts like to unravel this whole thing where Annette realizes like she's become stagnant in her relationship, but also her life. And she is very unhappy and that she's trying to justify why. What the monster like what the creature is doing is immoral but meanwhile the creature just like exists for pleasure basically like if the creature wants something it takes it if the creature um wants to kill something it does because it's it's a predator basically yeah. right so the creature likes Annette because Annette's beautiful but Annette is also the first person that the creature has encountered that didn't look at it with disgust and fear but instead like curiosity and interest right so the monster has no desire to kill her but wants to be with her forever and like share her pleasure with her so like whatever happiness that looks like so this this monster exists only to like continue to live and pursue happiness and annette has no happiness but is trying to justify that unhappiness with just like the expectations of humanity. And it's really fucking deep, Julie. Like it's <laughs> surprisingly deep. So it goes on where Annette, like, really is horny for this fucking monster, but is like, it's not appropriate. It's not okay. Like, yeah, okay, Jacob's not great. But like when when like he's had his blow-up and he's not upset anymore, like he is really great. And like basically he loves love bombs her and she looks forward to that, right? Um and So this is, like, this cycle of abuse, even though, like, obviously there's no physical abuse. He's, like, very controlling, very terrible. Um, And so Annette's, like, telling the monster, like, please just leave me alone. Like, I think because the monster, like, challenges this this unhappiness that she has that she's become accustomed to, right? Um, So then there's, like, this event coming up like a dinner and jacob is like he goes out and gets her flowers obviously she's like sorry i was a dick i was fine with you and she's like jacob we gotta go like we gotta run away because she's worried like jacob's gonna get eaten or whatever she's like she just wants to go back to her life and she's like we gotta go we gotta go and he takes it very personally and he's like you just wanted to ruin my trip for me like you don't want you don't want me to be happy or successful and she's like oh my god and so he like throws these flowers at her and he's like meet me downstairs but you're sitting at a different table than me so, like, just fucking deal with it. And she's like, okay. So she, like, gets dressed. She goes down to this dinner. And she sees this table. And who's sitting there? But Veronica. Oh. Because Veronica's husband was also on the same sales team as Jacob. Um, And so she sits down with her. And they start to have this, like, heart-to-heart. And uh, v- Veronica and Annette just kind of have this conversation where it's like, you know, you can't exist in misery forever. And she's like, well, one day I'm going to be happy. And she's like, but you can make your own happiness. Like, why aren't you making your own happiness? Because the monster doesn't understand. And, and, and Annette's trying to justify it. So they realize, like, Annette, like, confronts her fears. And then they start fucking making out at this table. And Jacob's like, Annette! And they're like do you want to go upstairs? And then they leave him in this restaurant and they go upstairs and fuck. And here's, here's what happens is that this monster explains that it can be anybody or anything. And it has this beautiful moment where it's like, I could literally be the breeze that cools you on a hot day. I can be anything you want because I want to make you happy. It would make me happy to make you happy. I could be literally anything you want. I wanted to walk on land. You inspired me to do that. That's why I have this body. This body was going to die anyway. So don't feel bad for them. Mm-hmm. You know, but here I am. And then she's like, well, where's her husband? And she's like, well, I ate him too. <laughs> so she was <laughs> like, I, I ate the monster too. Or the the man too. And so what we learn is that this, this creature is completely genderless, right? But could take the form of other things. And so, it has been in this female body and has been like hitting on um Annette and Annette's like, I love it. I actually prefer you in a in a female form. And she's like, but I can also do this. And then she splits herself in half. What? And becomes the husband and the wife. What? But it's this, it's the same creature. And then so they double team Annette, and Annette's like, I love it. And then the creature as Veronica's like, you know, I I I'm really like. I'm into this and like she really she's like learning all about penises and she's like this actually feels really nice when you do that and like I want to I want to still feel this penis thing but I want to look at you in my, in my female eyes so she mushes herself back together but keeps the penis and the female form and then goes like she starts talking about how like gender doesn't really exist and this is like the form that they like most and then they fuck it out and they have a great time and they're happy, and Annette's like, "Yeah, I'll be with you." Like, and the and the and the monster's like, "I'll be with you anywhere you want. If you want to be on land, if you want to be in the water, if you want to go on land for a bit, but then later you want to leave your form and be in the water and live forever. I can take you to other dimensions. Like, just lovely." So the epilogue is like, it's it's Annette and Jacob getting like packing the car to leave. Um, but then Jacob turns into Veronica, and you're like, "Oh, she ate him! Hooray!" <laughs> And uh they drive away into the sunset to be happily ever after. Now, this book was too good to be an erotica. Oh. It was it was too smart, it was too well written, it was too profound to be a novella of erotic horror, which is the subtitle of this book. <laughs> Cause when I read like a novella, a novella and then erotica, I'm like, it's it's gonna be a fucking Nessie in a swamp for eight pages. But this was so profound when it came to this like idea of chasing happiness because how many of us like just become complacent and unhappy in like regular day-to-day in bad relationships right oh my like, god yeah. scared of change and stuff and it's so like deep like myself so, I, I just kept reading it I was like this is too good to be an erotica by somebody who writes about clowns and shit like it's it's so good um so it was spicy. It was legit spicy. So like five out of five for spice. Um, accoutrement, I'm going to give it lube because lube was a big theme in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody getting lubed up. Um, and for the food, uh, a spicy uh, seaweed chips. Oh, 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 oh,
1: good call. That's what yeah. I, fuck. Good call. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Um, really liked it. Really enjoyed it. And I love um the author's catalog it looks really dark and messy and i want to read more like this was a phenomenal read it was really good it was like 58 like ebook pages it wasn't long um but like i was reading it it was like as they're fucking like this monster and this woman and she's like having this revelation about life and happiness i was like oh And then they 69 and I was like, yeah, like I actually didn't hate it. I was like, good for you guys. Good for you. Like they're just loving it. So the monster had some firsts and Annette had some firsts. Annette found herself and like the theme of this was like liberation and freedom. And I was like, fuck yeah, I should have read this for international women's day instead of (laughs) paradise rot, because this was way more, way more feminist. I think than paradise rot. So Loved it. Yeah. but I'm gonna read more from
1: this author. Faux show. Sure. I see we were both we both had unexpected, like we both had books that we did not expect to be as deep as they were. I love this for us. Even though our 100%. books could not have been more different, and I do love how this is another example of like us same theme, two very different approaches. But now yeah. I'm dying to know what the hell are you gonna read?
0: right so i'm gonna read um where veronica the monster as veronica and ernest who's the husband uh, realizes that um what they want is to give the female form that they prefer uh that annette also prefers to annette but continue to have a penis because they like the way that feels so sweet it's great here we go Veronica ran her hands over Annette's body and plunged her fingers into the wet channel, yearning for relief. "'It's such a tight thing,' marveled Veronica, slowly easing her digits in and out while her male counterpart steadily stroked his cock against Annette's leg. "'You were right,' Ernest agreed. "'It felt a little like how it did when you were touching me yesterday. Not quite as intense, and strange, strange to have to find the moisture somewhere else.' Oh, please, can't you put it in me again? It's so distracting to be in two of these things, said the entity with with a look down at Veronica's body. Moaning with displeasure at the notion, Annette gripped Veronica's arm and stared pleadingly into her face. But, but I want to look at you and feel you inside me at the same time. Look at you as a woman, I mean. Oh, I feel like your female half, oh, I feel like I like your female half more even though, uh, even more than your male one. Female and male, is that what? These differences are called? How curious. A female has my wetness, the male has my pleasure. Yes, that's the solution, isn't it? An awful tearing noise again. The pressure against her right side abruptly gone, Annette found uh, with a, gr- a gasp of shock that Ernest had disappeared. When her head whipped back in Veronica's direction to ask what had happened, the words froze in her mouth. Ernest cock, still just as hard and thick as it was before, now throbbed against Veronica's tight stomach. A uh, uh, surface glistening with nonetheless identifiably female arousal as annette gasped at the sight veronica commandingly tilted her head back to expose her for a kiss does this please you annette it does and it pleases me too i can concentrate now veronica's feminine laugh transformed into a moan as the human uh, experimentally touched her cock the lubricated member throbbing in annette's tentative grip while that hesitance faded into confidence and she began to stroke the length from base to head, the entity gazed adoringly into Annette's face. Oh, Annette, your hand is so soft. Tighter. Oh, Annette. What's a human beside me? Nothing. Oh my god, nothing. That's right. Rolling upon her back, Veronica extended her arms and smiled with pleasure as Annette straddled her hips. While the human gently took the creature's throbbing cock in her hand, Veronica caressed her own breasts, moaning gently. Arched her prick up into Annette's stroking hand. That's right, Annette. All humans are nothing beside me. My food, my dreams, my slaves, and I, in turn, am an internal slave to beauty. It draws me to the world. And then they just kept fucking into a 69. Oh, it also had face sitting, Julie. I've never read that before. Because she was like, oh, you you just came. Okay, Annette, you got to let me eat you up. And she's like, I got a better idea. And so she sits on her face. And Veronica's like, yum, 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 yum. And then Annette's like, I got a good idea. And she's like, slurp, slurp, slurp. And Annette's like, or Veronica's like, I fucking love it. And they're coming and they're having a great time. They also described it as like the penis also smelling like pussy and annette was like i really love this and i thought that was great nice it's really great yeah very you know what and i wanted to read something really beautiful but i was like no we need something dirty because i haven't read anything really dirty on the show in a long time um not the dirtiest thing in this i really did want to read the scene where she's like fucking bear hugging her like a giant penis um (laughs) but i wanted to give you an idea of just how
1: beautiful the literature was. <laughs> Incredible. So.
0: Yeah, everybody pick it up. Pick up anything by this author. I bet all of it's good. Uh, that, that's my bet.
1: Absolutely. And What are you reading? And are you reading with an accent? <laughs> well, I'm going to do the only accent I know how to do, um, which is obviously French. The Amish one? <laughs> the Amish <laughs> Englisher. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, I'm going to read a little scene from when they. So she has arrived in England and has met up with Rory McLaren. And the last time she saw him, he was a slave that fled her ship, and now she is a lady in waiting for the new queen. And he's like, "The fuck," but trying to keep All it right. cool at first. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> okay. I'm ready. As the royal pair led the way to an enormous dining hall, Courtney stared at the arm being offered by Rory. To do other than to accept would be to invite stares of the others. And the one thing Courtney must not do was draw undue attention to herself. Remember, she's trying to be a spy, right? If she were to become an effective spy for France, she must not invite close scrutiny by the king's council. And in order to stay alive, she must not only please Richelieu, which is who's behind the scheme, she must ingratiate herself with the king of England as well. Courtney stared at Rory's arm and felt a growing panic. Seeing her distress, Rory gently took her hand and lifted it to his sleeve. By your leave, it is proper for a lady to accept the offer of a man's assistance. Though clenched through clenched teeth, she muttered, Damn, I know what is proper, but you have no right to touch me, Rory McLaren. I would just as soon cut off your arm. We are not aboard ship now, my lady. Here in England, we do not abide by the rules of Captain Thornhill. I am well aware of that His voice was warm with laughter Then remember that a lady does not swear And I suggest you be quick about following your king Or he may have your head for supper (gasps) She gingerly placed her hand on his arm Instantly she felt the corded muscles Beneath the ruffled shirt And the brocade jacket Though McLaren dressed like the others at court She was aware of the difference In a fight he could best any man in the room Seeing the smug look on his face She gritted her teeth And moved along by his side "'Is taking my arm such a terrible punishment, my lady?' "'Aye!' "'She ru- She heard the rumble of his laughter and glow- glowered at him. When it makes you happy!' "'I can see that it is going to be entertaining having you at court. "'I am not here for your entertainment, Rory McLaren.' "'And just why are you here?' "'At her tight-lipped silence, he whispered, "'Why is the Mistress of the Seas passing herself off as a lady-in-waiting to the new queen of England?' He saw the little jerk of her head, the slight narrowing of her eyes, before she brought her lips together in a tight line. The lady was a puzzle. A beautiful, beguiling puzzle. Rory felt the stirrings of his Scottish warrior's blood as it heated at the thought of a duel with this woman. And he realized that for the first time he was actually looking forward to spending some time in the company of the king's consul. For so long now he had hated this position. He missed his country, the company of his clansmen, the thrill of battle. But suddenly, the thought of spending time at court seemed more than tolerable. McLaren, the king commanded, you and Lady Thornhill will join us at table. As you wish, your highness. Rory escorted Courtney to a long wooden table set with tankards of ale and platters of roast pork, tender lamb and goose. Serving girls milled around, offering thick gruel and gravy, as well as steaming trays of bread pudding. Courtney stared in awe at the antics of some of the men seated with Lord Burlingham who brazenly pinched the serving girls as they bent to their tasks or peered lewdly down the necks of their gowns. The king's... right? The king's men have been many days on the road, my lady, Rory said, seeing the direction of her gaze. And you, my lord? Will you not join the king's men in their... pleasure? He heard the growl of anger in her voice and nearly laughed out loud. It is pleasure enough to be at the side of the mysterious Lady Thornhill. Courtney glanced at him to see if he was laughing at her once more. But when she saw, along with the laughter, a smoldering look in his blue eyes, she lowered her lashes to veil her own feelings. She must not allow herself to feel anything for McLaren. While she ate mechanically, she cautioned herself that she must not let this rogue sway her from the course already charted for her. A friendship with Rory McLaren could only get in the way of the work she had been sent to do. "'Are you pleased with the quarters provided for you?' the king asked his bride." Although Henrietta Maria understood English well enough, she was reluctant to speak it because of her thick accent. With a blush, she she simply nodded. I trust you are not overtired from the reception being given to you during your travels. The new queen shook her head and averted her gaze. By the gods, woman, are you mute? Henrietta's eyes widened at his tone. Never had she been spoken to in such a manner. She had after all been raised a royal princess and was she not now a queen? With an accent thickened by anger she sputtered, "I find the, the <laughs> I find this lodging merely adequate, but I have been trained since birth to withstand the rigors of state visits and foreign lands." And as for your last impertinent question, I can speak as well as anyone. I prefer the language of my own land until such time as I can speak to yours without a ridicule. The king lifted an eyebrow and regarded his bride with new interest. So she was not a little mouse who would bow and scrape before him. Good. He'd had enough of those in his life. What he wanted was a woman with spunk, a woman with spirit who would stand up to the fools at court. As you wish, madam. In public, you may allow your lady in waiting to speak your words. He leaned closer and added, But when we are alone, I want to hear your voice. It pleases me. Color stained her cheeks. If it pleases you, sir, it pleases me as well. (laughs) (laughs) mistress of the sea by ruth Lane 1988 i was three years old when this book came out (laughs) nice Nice. yeah i love that i love it and i just we don't do it on purpose like Mm -hmm. listeners please know we do not intentionally try to find two diametrically opposed books every (laughs) week because we have the same theme for a reason but um it just keeps happening Our tastes are varied and I love that um, we I feel like we really give listeners a little bit of everything every week. If you like traditional, I'm your gal. If you want bad accents, I'm your gal. If you want good accents and zany premises, Renee's your gal. I think we just, you know,
0: over the years now doing this show, (laughs) I think that, you know, we used to be more strict on what we chose and tried to even stay on like sometimes the same authors you know the same like general book style and um we're we're definitely more in our element now (laughs) we just are kind of like let's fucking do what we want
1: (laughs) (laughs) we find our groove we found our groove uh and also just you know when we started this podcast neither of us read romance and so it also took us a while to figure out which kinds we enjoyed which kinds yeah because i mean we read a book a week people like if we're not going to start choosing books that we can't stand so regardless of the theme you know okay what's the kind of stuff that you're interested in i know what i like and um we 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 grind it out for you people and sometimes we get some winners which this week is one of those weeks so i love this for us i do too And,
0: you know, somehow I thought this was going to be a quick show. We made it to like past an hour. Oh, I know. I I love that for us. I I know it's very late where you are. But before we go, I want to tell you a joke. (gasps) Oh, great. Yeah. So um, somebody sent me this joke um, and I laughed so hard. So here we go. You ready? With every fiber of my being. I purposely didn't send you this because I wanted to tell you. So here we go. (laughs) If a black bird has black babies Mm -hmm. and a blue bird... Has blue babies. Mm-hmm. What bird has no babies?
1: Ooh. I don't know. A swallow. <laughs> oh, that's so bad, but it's so good. <laughs> it's good, right? Ooh, baby. baby. I love this because I started the podcast with a terrible dad joke. <laughs> And then you ended it with a filthy dad joke. And for that, mm-hmm. I applaud you. Thanks for being the dirty dad of this podcast. Uh,
0: I do my best. Do you know why though, that there's, um, there's dad jokes, but there are no mom jokes. No.
1: As a mother, because tell our- me.
0: Oh, because our whole lives are a fucking joke.
1: Womp. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that is the renee come out of original there you uh, oh
1: my god
0: <laughs> nobody laughs at that joke but i i think it's hilarious that is
1: i mean i earnestly laughed because i did not know where the fuck that was going
0: <laughs> i you know what only moms laugh at that joke like moms are like ha so true so true i hate my life but like everybody else is like are you okay are you okay <laughs> like it's I love it. I it's, don't know what it the says. The reaction
1: that, is what I love for. I don't know what it says about me that I have a barren womb and I'm like, yeah, that <laughs> sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for joining us this week, listeners and sticking with us on our, uh, we haven't had an episode go this long in a long time, but sometimes when, when it's good, it's good, you know, and when it's a uh, mistress of the sea or a giant dick shaped creature, I mean, you just got to get into it. So, thanks for joining us.
0: Thank you, everybody, and thanks for listening
1: and doing all that business. Yes, yeah, um, I love you, Julie. Love you too, Renee. Love this journey that we're always on. Would you like me to oh. sing you a little song now? I sure would. Um, <clears throat> ravage love, ravage love. Bye. Bye.
0: artwork for the show is created by Karen McKnight. Very special thanks to Josh Shenfield for production assistance. You can find Josh on Instagram at fushigiyami. That's F-U-S-H-I-G-I-Y-A-M-I on Instagram. Connect with us at Ravage Love on Instagram and Twitter, or by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com.